Welcome back to On La Nose. This is part two of the conversation with Hikari. Oh, I was going to ask you about, because you got you got rid of your cricket, your cricket. I say cricket, you say cricket. Um, oh, and I wanted to know what you got instead. I have a Romeo, which is by a Caesar. And it has not off-cut a single sticker at all. It's extremely fast. It's probably the best piece of machinery I've ever used. So it doesn't so it doesn't do the thing where like it cuts a millimeter off so that your stickers look funky. No, it it cuts perfect. Like this one is an example of the crick of of the Romeo and it's like buttery smooth around the edges. It doesn't have the jagged cut. And this was, of course, printed on white vinyl. So there's like, there is no white border on it. It just perfectly cut it out. Whoa. Cause like, that's like one of my, like, I get like, I, um, it just, it makes me so mad. And I've, I've like, I've just got this point where I'm like, my stickers are just going to be like a tiny bit off. Cause no matter how many times I've like calibrated it, it just is never. And every now and again, it'll do it just right. And then the second one, it'll be like cut stuff in half. And I'm like, yeah, why? Like, and they, there's a lot of other things like, okay, my Romeo, I forgot to log into it the last six or eight times. And it still lets me cut my stuff out because it saves the files locally. It doesn't force you to upload them online somewhere. Um, it also, if it misses the scan mark and can't find the scan mark for whatever reason, there's a touch screen. It, you can, you go, it's right here and you touch it and you hit okay. And it goes, <laughs> it's fine. Oh, um, that sounds like there's, there's two different, oh, let me tell you, if you ever get the funding, there's two versions. If you don't need a 24 inch cutter don't get the romeo because i got a romeo because i will be cutting 24 inch vinyl once we're at safety um there's the juliet which is the 12 inch version and it works phenomenal and it's the same exact machine the only difference between them is this one's a 24 inch cutter and the, the juliet is a 12 inch cutter but you can use the you can use the the cricket mat you can place the sticker sheet on there in any any way you want to. You can insert it in the machine any way you want to. As long as the registry marks, you put the arrow in the bottom left corner. That's all you got to do in the like so that it's upright. Because when you stick it in, it scans for the the mark, and you can either insert the stickers where they're at the top of the mat. You can insert it where they're at the bottom of the mat. You can put it on the right side of the mat, the bottom right. You can stick the thing any way you want to as long as the top of the sticker is inserted first. That's all you got to do, just top first. And then, and that's so easy to do versus the cricket has to be perfectly in that upper left corner. And then you stick it in and then it'll try to scan. And even if it, if it doesn't scan, then it'll make you rescan. Whereas with this one, if it can't find it for whatever reason, maybe it's too far over, you can manually move the head around and then hit scan, and then it'll move over a little bit and scan. So like, let's say if I put that mat on the far right side of the machine and it's a 12 inch mat, and then I put the stickers on the bottom right hand corner of the mat even, I could just move the cutting head all the way to the edge of the mat and then hit 
send a cutter and it'll move over onto the mat and look for the scan line. And if it doesn't find it, you can hit like a little down arrow and search for it in the camera. It's got a camera that shines right down to let you see what it sees. Huh. And you can touch the little, the registration mark in the corner and hit okay and it'll move to it. And if it finds it perfectly, it'll just go on and scan the whole page and then cut out. And I did a unboxing testing video with it and Oh, it's, I have never, I have never had a problem out of it. And it doesn't force updates on you. It's not automatic. You can, you can even download older software. It'll let you download older than current stable one or a beta version, and it'll leave it alone. There's no upgrades necessary. And the, the blades, the blades, because I, I, one of the, the issues I, blades. Um, it's a cry cut like i just feel like the blades never last that long i just don't get like i'm not getting great cuts and i was wondering if it's because the cry cut's just not working well so it's like wearing them down it uses the blade because this one same exact blades what i i, I was so excited when i figured out that this one uses the same exact blades as the cricket uh, because that means all those hundred blades that i had will fit this thing um i replace them about every when i start seeing little little uh, wrinkles on the side of the sticker is when i replace them but i've noticed that because this machine is faster and smoother it just zips through it it does not struggle with the same kind of like jagged edge that the cricket struggled with and so like i wish i could give you a demo but it's piled up right now <laughs> but it's it, very um very nice you can adjust the speed the pressure manually um and then even beyond that you can actually set the blade height over on the machine manually too so there's a lot of things about it that make it more hands-on it's better for professional use i would say somebody that's maybe not confident in tinkering and tinkering and just trying it might struggle a bit because they're like i don't want to break it it's it's not it's not a machine that I feel like would be easy to break unless you were forcing stuff because the, the blade holder has this little thumb screw, right? So you sit there and undo this little thumb screw. I don't even have to. I don't even have to be over there at it. And this is the blade holder, and you can adjust the height with this screw, so you can unscrew it and then lock it in with this one. And then of course it does the same thing where you push the the pin and it ejects the blade. But it's the exact same blade as the cricket. That's cool. And it like there's um I assume that there's like presets for like different materials and there's, and all that. I have mine set up manually because I found the 85 pressure with this one cuts through everything one one pass, no problem. And very smooth, <laughs> so nice. nice. Yeah, <laughs> all I, the, the mats and everything. Yeah, because that's what the cry cut. It would say, "Oh, it'll cut through this thing," and I'll have the exact thing it says going to cut through, and then it doesn't. And then I'm doing it like three or four t more times to get it to go through, and I'm just like, "What yeah. the hell, man?" The more times you have to cut out with a cricket, the more little hairs you get. This yeah. thing puts it in the same exact spot, so precisely that i've never had hairs off of it and i when i first got it i had to recut a page like four or five times to get the pressure just right 
and it never once missed that original slice. And I'm just like, what? Wow. That is so accurate. Like, what? So cool. if you ever get to a point where you can afford to get a Juliet, if you're using the 12 or, or the Romeo, the Romeo is expensive. Yeah, I got it because we were selling a tremendous amount of stickers. And again, we're going to try to do 24 inch vinyl. But like the Juliet is $4.99 or $3.99, something like that. The Romeo is $7.99 or, or $6.99. It's, it, it's hefty, but it's so, I, I would it buy it. sounds like a good investment. I would buy it again because the amount of material I lost on the Cricut was, in a single day, I lost $260 worth of stickers. And a Cricut brand new is only $300. Like right. we lost the, the worth of the cricket off of a single day. <laughs> yeah, I think I get I get like half half my stuff gets tossed, oh. you know, be, because of it. It's so frustrating. Like, and I'll get like I'll get a bunch to come out pretty good, but they're not exact. And I realize that like some people may not look at the sticker and notice that they're not exact, but I notice. So then I have to go with a razor blade and fix them. So yeah. that they look correct they have to be even and that's like a whole lot of time i'm putting into something i'm selling for like two bucks you know like yeah that, <laughs> that's exactly why we finally made this now when we made the switch the day that i i got tired of it i had not the romeo hadn't even made it i finally decided to order it and then the very next day while waiting on the romeo i got a bunch of orders that's when i lost 260 dollars worth of stickers and I'm like, okay, all right, I will shut down this business for the weekend. And I took my cricket outside and I took a 15 pound sledgehammer to it, made a video about it. It was so great. There was a lot of, there was a lot of mixed feelings on that video from commenters. Like some were like, you're just mad because it, it didn't like, you didn't set it up right. I'm like, I calibrated this thing before every sticker sheet and it still butchered the sheet. That's not my, yeah. Okay. Um, other people were like, that was so cathartic for me. And I'm like, I'm glad I could. could yeah, I saw the video and I was like, ha ha ha. I, I have like a, I have a deep appreciation for technology destruction videos after working in IT for many years. <laughs> and I, that that's World Health Industries was the last IT job for me. That killed it because I, I was a lead systems administrator and it's, not fun because if you're yeah. if it's giving up electricity that person the boss that owner of the company thought it was my fault like i don't deal with phones i'm a computer person what, what? that's call at&t <laughs> like, right but i had never at that moment in that moment i was smashing the ever-loving soul out of that cricket i had never seen the movie office space not <laughs> and all the comments says oh you went office space on that and everybody's like ah oh, that was such an office space moment and i'm just like my partner <laughs> even said that i'm like no i've never seen the movie so i actually yeah. that, that movie that night i'm like ah i get it now <laughs> i i smashed a, a big monitor way before office space even existed and so when office space came out i was like hey they did what i did like <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. I'm not alone. <laughs> oh. it's, I think it's just a it's just a thing. It's it's you know some some parts of the human population enjoy smashing stuff. And 
I enjoy percussive maintenance a little more than I should. <laughs> percussive maintenance. I mean, it was it was the amount of stickers that I got butchered. Dude, I plastered my desk in offcuts. Like my whole desk is completely <laughs> plastered around the area from four feet this way down to about four, yeah, about four feet that way. So there's an eight foot row of just overlapping stickers. And I keep, I have this wad of offcuts that I kept. Some of them I sprinkled on the machine before. <laughs> but I have a whole pouch of ones I kept to remind me of. Yep. I, uh, um, I put them in an oops pile. And when people like, like say my friends buy stuff from my shop, I would like just throw in a couple and put them in a long envelope. Be like, this is for my oops pile, you know, just free stickers. Right. I need to, I guess, down there, but it, I, I feel guilty sending off stickers that aren't perfectly centered. I know, I know, but that's why I, I put the disclaimer, and then they could toss them if if it's too off for them. But I, I some people put them on their laptop, and they didn't, they didn't mind. So I was like, it, it made me feel better to feel like they weren't being wasted. But yeah, I like, I'm definitely going to be adding that to the list of things to save up for, and um, maybe. I'll look into like if I can sell the cry cut instead of destroy it, and then I could put that money towards towards it. I no, absolutely no judgment. The the catharsis is. <laughs> I I have thought about getting into pottery just so that it can crack, so that I can break it. Like, <laughs> you know what? That's a valid thing because you can recycle pottery up until all the way just just until you get that the, until it's used for something that doesn't break. Yeah. I'm, although I'm scared to do it because the investment. Yeah, I I um I found a school in or pottery place that does school stuff in the area I'll be moving to for the RV, and they offer scholarships. Like you write them and tell them about your situation, and so I'm thinking about signing up for that. Um, because I've always wanted to do pottery, but never had the like funds. But if I could do it through a scholarship, right, it would be free then I would totally do it. And um, since I have uh, a rheumatoid arthritis, which is just in the early stages, I'm like, I should do it now before, yeah. before my hands hurt too much to do it at all. Well, um, if you do pottery, I'm just saying that's content, that people love pottery, especially if you make something really pretty and you're practicing and then you just squish it. I love <laughs> Like I love it. There's uh... one called Healer. And he'll sit there and make a, a really cool thing and just, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, Facebook's been showing me pottery, resin, and um, uh, paint pours. And resin and paint pour are things that I do. The pottery is the one that I don't do. And I was like, oh, I see what you're doing, Facebook. I see what you're doing. You're trying to get me to chase the dopamine. <laughs> I will tell you, if I had... If I had the money, pottery was something I thought about. Spinning, making my own yarn, mm -hmm. mainly because I can make carpets and crochet. So being able to make the yarn would actually be really nice. I feel like yeah. I could basically live out in a cottage, like and be be self sustained because 
everything that I like doing, I could make pigments from paint, like from stuff laying around. And I, I could make clay from the ground around me because we're in Mississippi and there's nothing but clay around here. <laughs> so pottery would be a good option because I could just go outside and process some clay from out in the shore. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. I don't know. I, and, but then I also, I want to get back into airbrushing because I did airbrushing for a long time. And at this point, my airbrush is looking like, okay, all of my paint is cured and congealed and no longer good. And it was $3 per little jar at like 30 jars. I'm like, well, that's, that's a hundred bucks worth of paint. <laughs> it's $10 a jar now. I'm like, for this little bitty, tiny little container, are you kidding me? Are you kidding yeah. me? What? So now if I were to replace all that paint, that's like $300 worth of paint now. And I'm like, what? So it's hard for me to want to jump into airbrushing, especially since there's no customer base there. So even like I would have to have an income and just do it as a hobby. As yeah. to furthering our business, I've basically stuck to stickers and sticker books, the notepads and the rugs, because that's something that's repeatable and I can keep doing that. Yeah. I'm not that great at painting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I, I, uh, I like doing like the paint pours, um, especially like I'll like pour a little and then use like air to move it around instead of doing like a big one. That's just like, takes three minutes to do. I'll do one where it takes me like 20 minutes to like really like move the paint around. But like, that's it. I can't, um, I don't really visualize. And so like doing a painting that looks like anything or coming into it with a plan is just not going to happen. I, I do everything by feel yeah. and yeah, <laughs> I do. I, I did get a little airbrush like a, ch a cheap one for my birthday or Christmas or something like two years ago. And I've played with it, but I only used it for, um, to, I got these wooden fucks and I <laughs> used it to paint those. And then I added like wire and stuff to turn them into earrings. And then I was selling those. It's like, these are my wooden fucks to give. Exactly. Yeah. When I was at my pop-up, I was giving out, giving them out. I was like, here, you bought something for my shop. Here's a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should probably make a sticker that just says fuck, but I already made an F-bomb sticker. Like, I made a sticker literally just to have, I don't, where does that sticker at? Hold on. Where is it? I'll show it to you. Yeah, the, the basic, the basic, like, I have one that says rude. It's just rude with period, because I say, I call things rude when I don't like them, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you have one of those. I might have sent one to you. Oh, nice. It's just a, actually, I think I do. I I have your stickers on my guitars. Yeah, I, I like your stickers are very like colorful and like shiny. Mine are all very like black and white and just they're it's a I have a very different like, you know, but every time I see yours, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. But it's literally not. It's not what I would design, you know, but it's so cool. I can't help it. I just make, I make stuff. The, the last, the last sticker that I did design on was, it was the nineties and not all numbers are created equal. <laughs> <laughs>
mean, I'm, I'm such a poor, I'm punny as hell. I, I, I know people probably look at my videos and they're like. People like that stuff, though. I have a, I have a keep, like a keep file and I put like sticker ideas in there. My issue is like, because of my health issues, I don't have the like, whatever to do stuff very often. So I'll like design one or two things like every now and again, and I just can't like do it back to back it's because i you know i have to make my other content i have to you know so it's balancing it so i don't produce things as quickly as as i would like it also the adhd medication shortage also impacted me starting november last year and i still haven't gotten my meds filled it's so and that has not helped me be productive in certain ways i don't know what it's like to take adhd meds i've been unmedicated for adhd all my life. I tried I tried it one time while I was in PA. My partner had ADHD meds and I was like, let me let me I got a lot done. I <laughs> yeah, I, I only I was on them for a year and then the shortage hit. So I was just starting to like, but they for me, they like changed my life because the um the middle age hormone change in women makes ADHD a lot worse. And so I had always managed my ADHD pretty well. And then when I hit the perimenopause, it just like it, I could not, could not function. And, and the medication just, and that's what made me start making stuff and doing the art. I never did art before my meds. I wonder, I know, um, I'm on, I know that we have different bodies all together, but as a trans person, male, as a, as a trans woman, as a matter of fact, I wonder sometimes like, Will my ADHD get worse as I get older because of being an estrogen-filled system instead of a testosterone-filled system? It has been, it has made me more sensitive to spicy air. Um, like yeah. prior to HRT, I didn't feel it really, so I could just all day with people. Um, and everybody's like, "Oh, you're recreational? Nope, medicinal. It just takes a lot." Well, now it's more like. It doesn't take much at all. I'm, I made some medicated butter, and it takes a quarter of a teaspoon a day. That's it. Yeah. A day. That's interesting. Yeah, it must have changed your, impacted your receptors. Hormones do so many things that I don't think we even fully understand, like, the ways that they can impact us. Um, For, for trans women, do you... As you get older, will they change your dosage so that you start to taper off the estrogen or? Well, if I get to safety or somewhere where there's um, a gender clinic, I'll be able to talk to a doctor about that. Because I am in Mississippi, there is no HRT. There's no doctors. I'm basically it's completely unknown. I'm this complicated, but I knew that I was in jeopardy because my mental health was crashing. And I realized like, I know why it's crashing. It's because I'm living a lie. I'm, I'm cosplaying as a guy and this sucks and it's miserable. And so I finally researched and I found a, the trans community on Reddit and I made the decision like, okay, if I'm never going to be able to escape Mississippi and I'm never going to be able to go to a, a clinic that actually cares, I'm just going to start my own regimen and go slow and see what happens. 
and I was all the way up to what's considered the maximum dosage, um, standard maximum dosage. By the time I made it to PA, when I made it to PA, I was already on eight milligrams a day of estradiol, and I was on 200 milligrams of spironolactone and 100 milligrams of progesterone. By the time I made it to PA, I got to get my blood work done, and they said that I was actually doing really good to keep my routine the same, but that was in November, and then we got evicted from PA, and now I'm back in Mississippi, so I can't see anybody. My prescription is only good till February, which means it'll go from like affordable, it was $2 in PA. Before I went to PA, it was $180. This is how wild the prices are. It was like, here, it was $180 a month. When I moved to PA, it dropped to $2 a month. When we got evicted and came back here, because I had to mail order my prescription, that I have a prescription now though, um, it was $65 a month on average. This last month I had to ask for help because it was $120. Well, online, if I were to go back to buying overseas, it's $150. So it dropped by 30 overseas, but um, if I can keep getting it from DIRX, I'll be able to keep going for $60 a month until February and then my prescription lapses. And if I'm still stuck here, it'll go up to $150 a month. And so I don't exactly know what to do with my dosage. I don't know whether I'm on too much at this point, whether I need to lower it or adjust it. I, I, I don't even know. I don't know what my blood is doing. And to my knowledge, yeah. not an at-home test. So That's, yeah. that's, I feel like there should be like sort of a somebody, doctors that you could just talk to that could order lab work and you know that you wouldn't have to find someone local because this is such a known issue in certain areas. You know, like where I live, it's like the most ideal place to be trans, like literally. Yeah. It's, you know, and and people are so... I don't even think they realize how, you know, some probably do, but I, I know a few trans people who seem to not really appreciate like how good it is here in comparison to other places. And, um, you know, just if some of those doctors were able to work over state lines to be available, to be like, okay, we're just going to send the lab lab work in for you and do all that and just make sure that you're safe and getting what you need, you know, that, that yeah. seems like a service that could exist. <laughs> And you know what? I don't. My biggest fear is my heart. I worry about, I have this constant pressure feeling over here in my heart. And I can't, or it's not my heart. My heart's technically down here, but it feels over here. And then my brain starts panicking like, am I going to have a heart attack? Am I in danger? And I don't know because there's no doctors here. Like, and even if, okay. I had to change my gender marker from male to, I mean, from female to male before I came back to Mississippi. Because in Mississippi, if I had a female gender marker on my ID, I'd be outed as a trans person in the middle of the DMV. And it's already extremely dangerous here. And so 
it's it's been a roller coaster for for me personally basically since i found out we were getting evicted in january that that's been a really rough rough year for me and then my partner is also trans and so if i'm i'm in my feels i can't really imagine what goes on with with their emotional state because they keep that away from me most of the time because i'm already like i'm over here just what do i do out of every single day and i look at other trans people like in in other states and i'm going i wish y'all knew just how privileged it is for you to be able to smile and laugh and be out in public i can't even leave my house yeah like if i set foot outside of my house right now i'm gonna have to change clothes i'm gonna have to look mad i'm gonna have to put my hair in some like man bun type shit that looks less feminine because i could be in physical danger and it i hate that i you know i i get like full of like it makes me want to cry i get so frustrated because i hate that i hate that anybody goes through that and i just want to blow people up people ruin things you know it's just so like i don't even i try not to even talk about it because it's it's heavy and that's not even it is, the but it's thing. but it's 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 also important to talk about it because people need to know that you know i think sometimes people you know you get like if your only exposure is some headlines and what you see on TV, then you have no idea what the reality is because that's all sound bites and, and, and drama and fiction, you know, and what you're experiencing is unfortunately not unique for a lot of people and it's bullshit and it shouldn't be happening, you know? There's there's over a hundred thousand families being displaced right now in this country due to this stuff. And so it's not just me. And I've seen a few of my content creator friends make it to safety, but people that are we're not privileged, you know, like me and Allie, for an example, we're both stuck in the South. Allie's less privileged than I am even. Um Allie's profile has like 4,500 people on it. And they've been at it for quite a long time. They're makers, they're really good at it. And they don't get seen. They get a couple hundred views maybe. And they get hateful comments left and right. My content doesn't really get hate-filled comments. I'm privileged in that regard. And it gets seen more than theirs. When I ask for help, I get help. They don't. Yeah. I don't really know, like, God, the, the complexity, like, okay, on the other hand, they're, they, to my knowledge, don't have the same issues that I have where I haven't been able to see my kids in a year. My oldest's birthday is actually in two more days, and I haven't seen either one of my kids since July 31st of last year because if I'm around them, then the state of Mississippi could take my parental rights away from me and arrest me for existing, really. And that's a risk that I can't take. So I'm torn because it's like, on the one hand, I can't see my kids, but on the other hand, they're 20 minutes away from me. And like when we go fishing for food, because that's how where we're at now, we're fishing to be able to eat sometimes. 
Um, I'm 30 second walk from their house and I'm just like, I don't really know how to feel about this. They, they live by the, by the reservoir and there's only a couple of places to go fishing. So one of those places is right by their house. And I'm just like, I can't see them. I don't even think they know I'm back in Mississippi. The last time I heard from their mom was like back in March or so. And it's that's because the Mississippi laws would see you as some kind of threat or yeah. whatever to your kids. Basically, just because you're trans. They're the wording is so weird that I don't know exactly which angle they would come at it from, be it inde an indecent exposure or like um there the child abuse like there's different angles they could approach it from and i'm like if you watch any of the videos that do have my kids in it i'm teaching them electronics i'm showing them yeah. how to work on something i don't want them to be even in a political world i don't yeah. i don't like that my existence is in the political spotlight right now like we weren't even a topic until this year i was able to exist as a trans person and nobody ever looked at me twice i never got judged for it out of nowhere now i get okay if i go live stream i get comments some of my videos have comments on them that i've actually responded to to let people know like i see your comment that's fine you can be hateful but i'm gonna call you out on it and yeah. i don't know it's been really hard to be a publicly trans person because then I worry about like how many people watch my content know my kids family and all that like because you don't really ever know who's watching your content yeah that's <laughs> so scary I can't I like I can't even really put myself in that position like when my son was little uh I did I moved like 600 miles away and then he would be with me sometimes and during the time when he wasn't with me it was just it's like a part of myself wasn't was missing you know and I was missing out on those moments and stuff so I you know that's that just seems that though that law and it, it just sounds gross it's just gross it's not right you're you're like I've seen videos of you with your kid you're obviously an awesome parent like you know, just the only I, I regret are the ones about the the bunk bed. Uh, those videos got deleted a while back. Those were on my first account. Those the lights were super cool. <laughs> they're still there, actually. They're right. Yeah. They're still they're still over there. there there's an orange one on. Uh. <laughs> they're, they're, it's the dog's bunk bed now. Like the dog <laughs> and their kennels are downstairs. But. Um, so your disability stuff got, is, are you trying to get, uh, SSD now or what are you, where right. are you at? I was not, I'm marked as not eligible for social security disability. So right now they're reviewing my case for supplemental security income. And as a matter of fact, I don't even know how far in it it's at the, every time I check it, it gives me some random percentage of completion. So like, let me see if it'll let me log in. Cause I could tell you what percentage it's at pretty quickly. Let's see. Have you ever talked to like, um, like a social security attorney or whatever? 
I have um, a lawyer that's supposed to be working on it um, called Quick Aid, but I don't really know how much they're actually helping me. Right now it says typically it takes 341 days for a decision. We have processed 26% of your application. Wow. So that's, that's moving. <laughs> Ugh, it took me four years. Wow. When I got social security, it took me four years to, to get it. And I had to get an attorney and all that stuff. So it was, yeah. I wish I could get actual disability, but it says right now that I don't currently qualify for disability benefits. Weird. I honestly don't understand why there's different systems I, I, at all. Like an yeah. SSI, like it's like if you get SSI, like you get treated even, even worse than if you're on SSD and like, why, you know, being disabled is being disabled. Like it's nobody wants to be that way. I just, I, I don't even know what to do with my future, except for I keep making stuff. That's what I know how to do. I know how to make stuff. I, I'm yep. just in a way that I don't know how to help myself, which that's a scary thought. You know, like, I don't, I don't know how to help myself out of this situation. And even if I knew how to how to get out of this situation could i even be able to do it like is that something that my body could do um i'd considered trying to to like it would be hired under false pretenses to, to go in there and just say hey i'm ready to work just tell me what you need me to do but i'm i'm debating on seeing if my body could handle it even though like i'm physically disabled too you know like my leg is not as bad as some people's disabilities but i still have a rod in my leg and it still causes me a great deal of pain to try to walk on it so i i don't know what to do i know if i do any work then it'll definitely mess up any chance of my disability or well it's supplemental security income but what do you do? Like, what what do you do? Because, like, if my business continues on this trajectory that it's on now, I'm going to have to keep asking the Internet for food and, and medication. Yeah. When it's, I mean, I like I look at my like my my business, I I keep having to remind myself I actually started a business. But I look at my business as like this this thing that I'm slowly building building up and hopefully I'm going to build like this foundation. So eventually I'll sort of have this not like constant, but sort of consistent like pattern of like sales or whatever that hopefully will be more than what they are right now. Um, and I, that's, you know, cause I, I don't have an, like when I was renting from my friend, I was literally using the, the leftover money from selling my house to pay because I didn't have enough to pay the rent and pay the bills and everything with disabilities. So that's why I started the business. And it was like just hustling to try to like break even before I ran out of money. And, um, and now that I've reached that point, it's like, you know, I, I feel like I can really relate, you know, to what you're saying and sort of that fear and that frustration, because like, I'm, I feel like I'm doing as much as I can do my body. I cannot go get a job. Like, you know, people see me making all this stuff, but I, I'll do stuff. And then I rest for three days, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes like, I don't feel well enough to do stuff for a while. And so, 
you know, I can't be reliable for a job. Um, and I miss working. I, I, except for my last job, I actually enjoyed most of my job. So that, you know, it was never like a, I don't want to work kind of thing. Um, and I just, I keep, I just try to stay focused on the making things part, but it's so frustrating because like we talked about before, the algorithms are like working against us. You know, and I and I people tell me, like, if I wear my stuff out in public or like the other day I had breakfast with my friend and she bought earrings for me and the waitresses were like, oh, my God, these are, you know, I always get compliments when I go out with my stuff. People like what I'm making, but I cannot online get it in front of people. And I I don't see like I can't I'm not bringing in enough money to rent a space to sell my stuff like. Yeah. You know, the the tables at events or, you know, even like farmers markets and stuff for like a hundred plus bucks. Um, the crafts events, as I mentioned, are like 250 for like the weekend. And I'm like how, you know, so I just stay focused. I'm going to keep making stuff. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And and every time I find a new opportunity to like get the word out, I will try to jump on that and be as proactive as I can. But, you know, I do feel like, you know, like the salmon when they're coming back to breed, like yeah. I feel like I'm going, you know, <laughs> I felt that so hard. And we, we got the river that's got a bear chilling out of there. <laughs> just slapping. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, you know, and the thing is like, every time somebody does something nice for me, you know, like getting help with, with my GoFundMe, even if people are just sharing it and stuff that I like, I, I appreciate that so much. And I hate, like, I wish that that's all the help I needed. I wish I didn't need more. You know, it's like every time I need more, I'm just like, I'm sorry. You know, I feel like a burden, even though I know, like, cognitively understand that, like, I'm not asking for extras. I'm not asking to, you know, be able to buy video games or whatever. I'm literally asking for the the bare minimum, you know. And, um, yeah, it's... I, sometimes I feel like it's more socially acceptable to like ask for the splurges than it is for the necessities. I've just read a little snippet that caught my attention while you're talking about that. My ADHD hard. <laughs> you have to have six to 20 of your credits in the three years to 10 years before you became disabled to get disability benefits. I have three, but I need 20. How about that? Wow. That's weird. I have three of my 40 work credits. Wow. It, se it seems like the, I mean, because there are people who get SSD that are that never work. That's what so. I don't know. Like, how is it that they don't, it's, it's an ableist rig system, but I still, my brain still questions, like, how is it that they don't realize that I'm disabled with the amount of stuff I've got going on? Right. It's a me. I'm surprised to still be able to be a maker. If I'm honest, like, yesterday I was contemplating deleting my main TikTok channel and, and shutting it down because it's, it's at a point to where it, my, my mental health is crashing faster 
in the last few weeks than it has all year. And it's a mixture of things. It's this ever-growing anxiety of, are we going to be able to ever get to safety? When am I ever going to see my kids again? Are we going to be without income for a long, like how long? There's so many what ifs and, and what what's, I don't know how to, how to really cope with all of that, if I'm honest, except to keep going live and talking to people and, and keep making, because ultimately, if I quit, I quit. If I were to yeah. ever quit, it would mess me up too bad. I already know that. I, I know that I can't give in to it because if I give it an inch, it'll take a mile. Yeah. I feel like I can't stop moving because if I sit in it, I won't be able to get back out of it kind yeah. of thing. And, it, and and as far as like being able to make stuff, I actually was too sick to do the stuff I'm doing now for about seven and a half, eight years. And so the fact that I can do the stuff that I do now is like super super exciting like um a lot of the support that i've gotten for like making stuff has come from people who knew me when i was really really sick and or see me kind of like get to do stuff and you know sometimes i do too much and then i make myself worse for a while but it's because i'm excited so it's kind of worth it but um i am so grateful that like i got finally because it took me six years to get doctors to even like believe me and take me seriously. Right. So like I kept, I kept firing my doctors and getting new ones. And, um, this just now that I finally have doctors that take me seriously, I have diagnosis that we can actually work on managing the symptoms. I'm not ever going to be like normal. I'm not going to be my normal. Um, you know, I, but I can at least do some stuff and that's, it's really nice, you know, yeah. and I wanted, I would do that stuff, whether or not I needed the money, I would do it because I enjoy it. I, you know, I wish I didn't need the money. <laughs> like, I, I wish I could give everything away. Like I would love to just be like stickers for everybody. Like, <laughs> I don't know that I would be quite so frequent with sticker design. I, if, if money, not an option, if money, not a problem, excuse me, if money weren't a contributing factor to my decision-making, I would love to just make a mixture of a couple of different things. I want to be able to make pottery and miniature polymer clay type things. And I like making rugs and I like painting. I can't sell any of those things. I could sell stickers and I I don't, I, I'm good at graphic design to, a, I guess, to a degree, but like, even that's not paying the bills anymore. And it's like, what, 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 what can I do now? I'm, I'm using every talent that I know to keep my channels running from me. Like, I, 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 it's like my brain is like, okay, until we get something more rewarding, we're just going to lock away motivation. Right. And I'm like, yeah. but I need that motivation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I haven't been able to paint for a couple of months because I'm not, you know, I'm not in a place where I can do that. And um, it actually starts to feel surreal. Like, I didn't really do that. I can't do that. That's not, that's not a thing I can do, you know. And I'm not saying I'm good at it, but like, you know. I felt, I don't feel that I painted this anymore, this wall. It, wow. I painted a, it's 32 feet of mural and I still, I, that's something I wake up to like, 
I don't remember even painting that. I don't. Yeah. But how did did you use airbrush or how did you paint it? Paintbrush. Okay. <laughs> it looks cool. Like from I couldn't I couldn't paint it to look like anything. If I painted a mural, it would be super abstract and like. I will send you the time lapse. You might you might enjoy it. It seemed to be enjoyable for some people. Um, maybe I can tag you. That'd be better. I just started doing collaging and um, I've never really done that except in like school or whatever. And it's, I'm, I don't think I'm good at it, but um, it's relaxing. And I, I really needed like to do something that felt creative while I don't have it. Cause everything's like in storage. Yeah. So um, that's been kind of nice. They're, they're kind of weird. Like I put eyes on people's fingernails, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are people that put eyeballs on books. Yeah. Have you seen the, the, the mimics, the mimic book? Yeah. I actually got, um, like, two years ago or something, I got one for my ex for his Christmas or birthday present or whatever, a nice leather one with the eye, and it's like he can keep his dice in it and all that. I thought about making one, but the only book I've made that's leather-bound is a non-stick book. I made like a sticker book and after I made that one, the dopamine was like, well, that's all you needed. You're not going to make it. <laughs> so I, I hate that. I hate it when I get into something and then I'm like, am I ever going to do this? again? I want to do it again, but will I be allowed to do it again? Like <laughs> yeah, PDA and executive dysfunction hit so hard on those because it turned out okay. It, it wasn't perfect, but it turned out okay. I mean, of course, it's my first book. <laughs> yeah. But, but but that autistic brain goes, it has to be perfect. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Some of the, like, art stuff, I should be doing redundancy, and I, I, like, I can't do the redundancy, and so that I'm not able to, like, get better at one particular thing because the ADHD goes, no, you need to do something new now. <laughs> That's probably why the only reason I can do trees, because all trees, my brain goes, trees are different. Each tree's different. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Five hundred. Like I, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to speak to that more than like one day. Day one of painting five hundred trees, we're gonna paint one tree every day for, and then day two would be like, yeah, that was yesterday. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> I would like probably get to like day four and then I would like forget. Like I would literally just my brain would be like, nope, but I would forget. And then I'd be like a week later, I'd be like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Does that mean now I got to paint like three or four more trees to make up a <laughs> time or? <laughs> I'd be like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I have to cater to my ADHD way more than I would like to because of the, of that. Like if it weren't for stickers being different every time i wouldn't be able to have stuck with it this long like it's been a year and a half i've been making stickers in-house and it is getting it is at a point to where it's like i'm out of steam to keep making new i was making a design a day or more and now i'm like yeah maybe i won't make a design this month <laughs> my my issue was um not just like the designing but the um 
fighting with the cry cut. Like, like that part, anticipating that would make me put it off for like multiple days. And then I'd be like, no, I really need to make these stickers. And the next time you get like some funding that can go toward a replacement, I would highly recommend the Juliet. If you're already just going to stick with 12 inch, I would get the Juliet hands down. I wouldn't because the cameo. It has less offcuts, but it's loud and obnoxious. And if you have sensory stuff, that can be problematic. This thing sounds kind of like a digital whirling alien machine sometimes. <laughs> if it's moving fast, it just, just, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's just really nice. But the Juliet is, is one I would recommend because it won't offcut. And you'll, it, once you, there's a learning curve, you know, it's new software. But once you get the hang of it, it's such a pleasure to work with that it takes me, I could be, somebody leave a comment, can you do this sticker? And then in 20 minutes, I can make a video of the sticker that I made. That's cool. I can design a sticker really fast. Yeah. <laughs> but but it takes it takes longer to print it than it does to cut it. And so printing, laminating, and cutting combines 10 minutes tops. Yeah. What do you use to laminate? Um, I have a cold roll laminator. Let me see. It's just a rubber a rubber roller, and okay. I do that because hand rolling stickers. You could probably I've seen plenty of people do it. A lot of people do it. In fact, almost everybody that's a sticker maker that I know of uses like some type of belt covered ruler. But because I like things to be waterproof, I found that it actually works better to have this cold roll laminator because it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on it and it squeezes out all of the little tiny bits of air that you can't see. I don't know how yeah. to explain that any other way, but when you put two pieces of material together, um, it's... Think of it like there's little micro dots, like tinier than the point of a needle. And the more of them are around the edges, the more likely water can kind of osmosis its way into the sticker. The firmer you laminate it down, the better. Like I did a hand laminated sticker and a cold roll laminated sticker and put them both in the rain, like under, well, simulated rain under the tap water. And I found that the hand laminated ones tend to get this little ghostly edge around them a lot quicker than one that was pressed together. And so I just started using the, uh, the roller, but there's no reason why you can't use a felt ruler. Cause that, I mean, that's what a lot of makers use. And you have, it's probably less of a nightmare too, cause there's a lot of times that it'll wrinkle a sheet cause it's like not perfectly lined and stuff. So. <laughs> I, I I would say a felt covered ruler would be more than more than adequate, but yeah, I I use the Avery clear whatever sheets and then and a thing and just yeah. you know, but it's it's never like they it looks okay, but the sheet itself leaves like a little bit of a like you can tell, especially over blacks, and that annoys me. And so I'm curious if the press would like make that look a little cleaner. Mm -hmm. But I also found that to get rid of that, I use a special vinyl laminate. This is um, Frisco Craft. 
it works really good. Vivid, Vivid works really good. And these are very transparent uh, laminated sheets. And as to the how it changes the color black, let me show you one of my black stickers that's used with that laminate. There's this one. Okay. So you don't see it like it's ever that same way. Slightly, just the very slightest amount of, of gray. Um, and that's from the vivid. This is it cut it cuts nice. Yes, they cut really smooth. This is the one from the um, Frisco craft. And okay. they're they turn out extremely black, which is nice, but honestly, if you're it depends on if you advertise them as laminated or non-laminated. Um, if you don't laminate them and you use gloss vinyl instead, you can retain that black depth. But yeah, uh, I just get like I really like the way they feel with the um, with the laminate over them, and I just like the idea that they're going to be they're going to hold up better. Right. So I, I have done some where I just use the gloss, like you, there was a paper you recommended and I, I have done some of those, but after a while they start to curl up and separate and that annoys me too. So I, the laminates don't do that. So I just feel like it ends up being a better product, even though it's like two more steps, but the cry cut always, no matter what I did to the cut settings, always lifted up the edge of the laminate just a little bit. So there'd be like a little lip there. And I was just like, why? <laughs> I don't know. That, I can't answer that one. And I had my cricket for like a year and a half. Well, um, I think we can probably wrap this up. Um, you could just don't hang up. Like I'll stop. I will do the wrap up and then um, we'll chat for a minute after. Um, but I wanted to thank you for coming on. I'm really glad that we got to catch up. I actually, before I started the podcast, you were like at the top of my list of people that I wanted to talk with. So it was really, um, I've, I've had a lot of fun. Normally when I do my live streams, I, I do them for the interaction and lately interaction has been low. So this is nice to be able to sit and just actually have a conversation. Yeah, it's agreed. It's it's one of I did not anticipate that benefit when I decided oh, stopped recording uh to do the um start doing the podcast, but the interaction has been 